You're listening to First Forward Podcasts by First American Bank, where we bring you business and investment insights designed by our team of experts to help you meet your financial goals. Here's our host for today's episode. Welcome to everyone listening today, and thank you for tuning in. My name is David Lackman, Director of Investments for First American Bank Wealth Management in Florida, and I'll be your host for today's podcast, where we're going to be discussing rising interest rates, fighting inflation, and most importantly, how to navigate those challenges. With me today is Mike Atkinson, Director of Fixed Income and Portfolio Management for First American Bank Wealth Management. Mike, thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, My pleasure, David. Hey, Mike. So let's get right into it. We are experiencing the highest inflation we've seen in, golly, over 40 years here in the U.S. anyway. Um, There are crazy prices at the gas pump, higher prices in the grocery store, restaurants, clothing, you name it. Everything just seems to be costing more and people are paying higher rents, you know, by sometimes 20, 30, even 40%. Housing prices are through the roof. And and quite honestly, just everything seems to cost more. Mike, I think you and I would both agree that things aren't great with respect to the health of our economy. As of today, I know that uh, we just had a couple of economic readings, and they're a little bit better this month, but it's still not great. So to battle inflation and in an effort to turn the economy around, the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates several times this year and most recently raised the overnight lending rate by 75 basis points in both June and July. Those are the two biggest rate increases we've seen in you know decades, as I'm sure you're aware. How does raising interest rates lower or fight inflation, Mike? Well, David, the main thing um, when the Fed looks to raise interest rates through raising the, the rate on the Fed funds rate, that will in turn increase, say, the prime rate that clients of the bank are charged. It also has an impact on you know, the rates on loans, adjustable rate mortgages, credit cards, et cetera. So with higher interest rates, demand is somewhat squelched a little bit. And that's what the key for trying to drive inflation down is, is to get the demand below where it is currently for anything from energy, housing, cars, et cetera. It takes money out of the system. So when you hear about the Federal Reserve uh, draining liquidity from the system, they're raising the Fed funds rate. And the next Fed meeting is not until late September where it's anticipated right now, it will be another bump of either 50 or 75, depending upon some of the economic data that comes in between now and then. All right. So essentially, they're raising the cost of money. You know, if you think of interest rates as the cost of money, they're essentially making money more expensive for people to get loans, buy cars, do those kinds of things. And by doing that, it kind of slows the velocity of money. Does raising interest rates affect the stock market or even the bond market? What does it do to those two asset classes when interest rates begin to rise? Well, this year, we've seen the impact of inflation, expected growth slow down both here in the U.S. and internationally impact the stock market. Plus, you know, as the Fed was raising rates, that impacts the market as well. You look at stock valuations and discounting future cash flows. You're now using higher interest rates to look at those numbers, and those numbers come down. That's why sometimes you hear in the financial press, you know, when interest rates are moving up, it's the high multiple stocks, the high PE stocks that are hit the worst because the higher interest rates using the valuation models impacts the longer term price numbers from that. And we saw that this year as the NASDAQ came down heavily. But what we haven't seen 
in a long, long time with the Fed being very aggressive as they have been this year, has been really the decimation of the fixed income market. We haven't seen the first half of a year like we have in 2022 for over 40 years. The, you know, the Bloomberg Aggregate Bond Index, which measures all the investment grade bonds here in the U.S., you know, treasuries, corporates, et cetera, is at about 10% by June 30th. And that is just a huge number for the bond market. And the bond market was actually sniffing out the fact that the Federal Reserve was going to have to be more aggressive in raising rates as what were known as the short-term interest rates, those anywhere from three months to two to three years, started to rise at the beginning of this year before the Fed even started to raise rates. Now, I'll give you an example. Uh, right about a year ago, the two-year Treasury yield was 0.21%. As of today, it's 3.21%. And that really accelerated from December and on as inflation numbers started to get larger and larger. And we heard the comment that it was transitory. But as we got into spring and summer, and of course, the situation in Ukraine uh, did not help with some of the supplies of you know, energy, agricultural products, et cetera, that sort of exacerbated the problem a little bit. So we saw interest rates climbing even higher. We saw the CPI and the PPI, two measures of inflation, continue to accelerate higher. And that's when the Fed started to get even more aggressive, going from a 25 basis point hike all the way up to 75 basis point hike. I mean, it sounds like bond investors, new money would be winners on the losing side or people that are borrowing money that are trying to get mortgages, you know, just because things are going to be more expensive from a, from a credit standpoint. It, I mean, would you have that same assessment? There are winners and losers when, when rates are going up? Yes. Yeah, so when, rates are, when rates have gone up this much, obviously the winners will be the savers, folks who have been wanting to purchase a CD for the last couple of years. And then, you know, when the Federal Reserve cut the Fed funds rate down to 0.25% right at the beginning of COVID and kept them there, money market funds, certificates of deposits, even, even short-term treasuries were basically yielding very, very little. So that was really bad for savers and those trying to invest. On the other hand, during that time frame, if you were a borrower, it was fantastic because the rates were incredibly low. You know, corporate America, the S&P 500, almost completely reworked their balance sheet, it's getting rid of older, higher level debt, issuing new debt, you know, with coupons, you know, in the 0.61 and one and a half and 2% range. So if you were a borrower and you borrowed a lot and locked into those low rates, that in the long run could have been a bit more beneficial. So now the savers are getting a little bit of benefit now with rates higher. As for bond investors, new money, if you haven't had money in or you've been a CD investor and you look, you could look now to start going into individual bonds, you're doing a lot better. Unfortunately, the folks that held bond funds who, you know, through the course of almost the last 20, 30 years, rarely saw a bear market in bonds or rarely saw a year with negative returns in the Bloomberg Aggregate Index, saw well, say one of the worst starts to a year in over 40 years with a with negative return. So even with higher rates to bond funds uh, don't mix. Do you think the Fed will need to continue to be as aggressive as they have been to continue to try to thwart inflation, you know, here in the short term? David, that's, that's truly the couple of trillion dollar question you know, that everybody is asking right now, because the fixed income market is looking at every single economic data point that comes out microscopically. Last Friday, we had the jobs number, which was twice that of expected, and the bond market did not like that. We are almost in the, the time frame now where good economic news, 
which means the economy is strong, is bad news for the fixed income market because that means the Fed has to continue on its pace of raising interest rates to slow the economy down. You know, conversely, oddly enough, good news sometimes can be bad news as well that way. But what we've seen now, even though we had the PPI and the CPI just come out and they were a little better than expected, but the numbers are still high, you still have the Federal Reserve members going out there still saying that they're going to need to continue to raise rates, especially to look at the core inflation. We always look at the CPI headline number, and that's with food and energy, and that's obviously energy has kept that number up very high. But the core CPI number, the year-over-year number, was last was a 5.96, where it was estimate was going to be 6.1. That's still very high. So the Fed is going to continue to do so. And the argument that the bond market and the stock market are having almost on a daily basis is, when is the Fed going to think they've done enough to where they can either slow down or you can start to see an end in sight to the rate hikes? With a couple of bad uh, economic numbers, the bond market responds almost thinking, okay, well, now the Fed has to be done. And then you have a couple of good numbers. And then the bond market says, well, I guess the Fed's not near done and bonds sell off. And so we've had that extreme kind of volatility here over the last few months in the bond market simply because the bond market investors, et cetera, have been going from the economy is too hot still. Oh, it's cooling off. Inflation was good. Job markets were good, et cetera. So today, even the bond market is saying that we've still got a ways to go because even with the CPI and PPI numbers that were better than expected, the bond market is selling off and rates are moving back up higher. Is there a point where the Fed does too much or tries to do too much? Yeah, well, anytime that the Fed has gone on a a spate of where they've been raising interest rates to sort of quell the economy and slow it down. Obviously, we haven't seen inflation rates this high. So this is really sort of an anomaly in terms of rate hiking measures. You know, that's sort of the standard measures. You say, we're going to have a soft landing as to raise rates just enough to where we slow the economy enough to where we keep inflation in check and everything's perfect. It is threading the needle in an economy that is so big, so diverse, with constantly changing purchasing patterns, saving patterns of all of you know of all of the uh, constituents here in the United States, so it's 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 very tough to land that plane as I say a soft landing to get it just right because the things are so different because you've got other factors on the outside as well, energy prices that are global in nature, political issues uh, of that stuff. So it's it's always been a tough one. There are some things that are that are out of the Fed's control. So there are things in this in this economy that are slowing a little bit because of what the Fed's done. And then there are things that are outside of the Fed's control. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Hey, Mike, thank you so very much for joining me today. It was a pleasure and the opportunity to pick your brain a little bit. Thanks again for listening, everyone. And until next time, this has been a First Forward podcast from First American Bank Wealth Management. And that wraps up today's episode of First Forward Podcasts by First American Bank. Tune in to our other episodes and stay up to date with us on social media at First M Bank. First American Bank investment products are not FDIC insured, not bank guaranteed, and may lose value.